The Bible says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Lord, thank you tonight for that verse of Scripture. Thank you for your presence. God, you've, you've blessed us all throughout this day. Thank you for your people. Lord, I appreciate the people of God. And Lord, I thank you for this church and for every family and every individual, Lord, that you have blessed us here with. We just need you more than we need anything. And I ask you now to touch these next few moments in Christ's name. Amen and amen. This verse tonight is all about Jesus. But in the fact that it's about Jesus, there are many things the Bible says here about Him. But as I was reading this verse of Scripture this week and reading through uh, this chapter, I came to this verse and what really stood out in my mind was the last two words of this verse. Because John, as he's writing the book of Revelations from verse number 1 down to verse number 8, there's a lot of things he said about Jesus. He's called Him the first begotten of the dead. He's called him the Alpha and the Omega. He said that he's the I Am and he's the great I Am. Should I say that tonight? He says that he is the faithful witness, the prince of the kings of the earth. But when he comes to verse number 8, he puts a period at the end of that verse and he calls him the Almighty. And it's no accident that in just a few verses later, he's fixing to see a picture. He's fixing to see the person of the one that he's been writing about. He'll see the Almighty He's going to see a pre-incarnate Christ, amen? Or not a pre-incarnate, but he's going to see Jesus after the resurrection in his glory, a glorified Christ. And as he talks about the Almighty in this text here, here's what he says about him. He characterizes Jesus in three forms, three attributes that I'm going to give you tonight. And it's important because uh, this phrase, the Almighty, is mentioned ten times in the Word of God. It's mentioned the first time in 1 Samuel chapter number 1 and verse number 3. But the other nine times that it's mentioned, it's mentioned in the book of Revelations. And I want to say, He is the Almighty tonight. Amen? And these attributes that John mentions in verse number 8 ties him in uh, to these last two words, the Almighty, the Almighty. Almighty is a singular phrase. It defines him not as a Almighty, but he is the Almighty. It defines him in a sovereign phrase that he is the one that is more powerful and more sovereign than any other king that has ever sat on any other throne. He's more powerful than any other power that has ever been on earth. He is more wealthier and more rich than, than anyone. Any way you want to stack it or categorize it, listen, whatever you want to match him up to, he will always be the Almighty in that realm. And as he talks about Jesus in this text here, being the Almighty, he mentions the fact that Christ uh, is both uh, uh, divine and the Son of God, both in his name and in his nature. And what I mean by that is he is the only begotten Son of God. And so therefore that makes him not only uh, the Almighty in his name, that he bears the title that he is the Son of God, but in his very nature, amen, you and I, my friend, uh, we are the sons of God the Bible says, uh, but we don't have that sinless nature that Christ had. Amen? It's so much the fact that Jesus said that if you have seen me, then you've seen the Father. Amen? Well, I love him tonight, don't you? He's the Almighty in these three attributes. I'll give them to you and be through. Number one, he's the Almighty Jesus. And I see in this text here that he's the omniscient one. 
as he says, I am Alpha and Omega. You know that Alpha is the beginning of the Hebrew alphabet and Omega is the ending letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And when you think about that, the Alpha and the Omega, you know this, uh, he is, that Alpha simply means uh, uh, that he is uh, the first, amen? And Jesus is omniscient. He knows uh, all things uh, and he is first in all wisdom. He is first in all knowledge, amen? He is first in all understanding. Uh, in fact, his mind and his thoughts uh, surpass pass our ways uh, and Jesus is the first. Uh, he's the omniscient one. Uh, he knows everything. Isn't that right? He knows everything about me. Uh, he knows everything about you. Uh, he knows everything about the past. Uh, he knows everything about the present and he knows everything about the future. Amen. He knows everything about my yesterdays. Uh, he knows everything about my today and he knows everything about my tomorrow. He knows my every need. Uh, he knows my every problem. He knows my every heartache. He knows my every sorrow. He knows my every fear. He knows my every weakness. He knows my every trouble. He knows my every trial. He knows my friend, my every weakness. And he knows my every strength. He knows my every thought. I'm telling you, he just knows everything. He's the omniscient one. Amen. And my friend, he is first. Uh, that omega means that he is not only the first word, uh, but he is the final word this, uh, uh, this evening. Amen. He's the omega. I'm glad the one that was in the beginning is the one that's going to be in the end. Amen. I know the, I'm glad the one that knows everything in the beginning, he knows everything in the end. Uh, he not only knows the problem, uh, but he knows the answer to the problem. Uh, he not only knows the need, uh, that's the beginning but he knows my friend the source of that need and he is the source of that need he not only knows the heartache but he knows how to heal the heartache he not only sees the tear but he knows how to put the joy he's the alpha and he's the omega he was there when they turned the lights on in this world and he'll be there when they turn them out I'm simply saying this he's the first word but he's also the final word amen in fact, when you think about Alpha and the alphabet, the alphabet is probably the only thing you and I still use that we learned in the first grade. Isn't that right? And do you know tonight, Jesus Christ, He's the Alpha, the Omega. You think about this. He's the Word. He's the beginning. He's everything in between. Isn't that right? You try to say something without using the alphabet. And you can't say anything. You know why? Because Christ is not only the first word and the final word, but he's the full word. Brother, when you say Jesus, you say everything. When you say Jesus, you say salvation. When you say Jesus, you say hope. Amen. When you say Jesus, uh, uh, listen, you, uh, listen you, you, you bring comfort to people's soul. When you say Jesus, he's the answer uh, to all of life's problems. Uh, he's the resource to all of life's needs. Uh, I'm simply saying he's the omniscient one uh, of the God that we serve and the God that we sing about and the God that we preach about. He knows everything. Uh, and I'm glad that he knows uh, my needs. Amen. He knows your needs. Uh, he knows my every prayer. He knows my every burden. 
hurting. A lot of times when we pray to God, have you ever prayed and just felt like you make a mess of your prayer life? I mean, that's the way most of us feel most of the time. I'm assuming I've never prayed a prayer and thought, you know, that was a pretty prayer. Well, God was impressed with that prayer. No, most of our prayers are a mess. Isn't that right? I mean, you look at your prayer book. It's just a mess when you think about it. There's more problems in that book than what you can do anything with. I mean, listen, it may be scribbled up one side and down the other. And listen, but God sees every one of those. And God knows them prayers. He knows those things. I prayed about things and forgot about it. But he's the omniscient one. He never forgets a prayer. I prayed about things that probably I wasn't very good at articulating the words. But I'm glad I've got an advocate with the Father that when I pray, he says, now God, here's what he's really trying to say. He's saying one thing, but this is what he really needs. Don't you thank God for a Savior that's so personal. He knows and he can be touched with a feeling of our infirmity. Jesus is the omniscient one. Amen. I want to say tonight the Almighty in the attribute that he's the omniscient one. And then I see the attribute here that makes him the Almighty that Jesus is the omnipotent one. Amen. As the Bible says, I am Alpha and Omega. Notice this, the beginning and the ending. Amen. I've done preached on it a little bit, but I'll preach on it a little bit more because it's good. Amen. I'm telling you, I just want to remind us and remind the devil as well tonight that thank God I'm glad that Jesus was there in the beginning and he will be there in the end. Amen. He was there in the garden and thank God he's coming back in Revelation 19 again. There's one thing you can depend on or should I say one person you can depend on. You can depend on him. Amen. He'll be there in your darkest hour. He'll be there in your valley. He'll walk with you through your storms. He'll be there through the sorrows. He'll be there through the trials of life. He'll go with you through the furnace of fire. He'll stand in the lion's den of life. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is the omnipresent one. Amen. You know, we can't be everywhere at the same time, can we? And sometimes we want to be with people that we can't be with. Sometimes uh, we have to part ways for a little while. And it's always sad, isn't that right? You know, grandbabies are a wonderful thing, aren't they? Can I get an amen out of somebody? Some of y'all ain't saying amen. I don't know what kind of grandkids you got. But when they come over to the house, it's amazing. Because when my kids were growing up, I wanted to make sure that you know, they didn't track mud in the house. Somebody say man. I made sure they didn't drop food on the carpet, and so did she. We made sure when you got to pay for something and it takes forever, you want to take care of it like it's going to be there forever. Isn't that right? I, I see some of these parents let their kids destroy everything. I, I don't know where they're, what planet they're living on, amen. Uh, but I, I think to myself, uh, when the kids were growing up, I mean, I wanted them to, you know, just, just don't touch that. Don't turn that over. You know what I'm saying? Any of y'all ever done that? Now, don't you touch that, and you're going to get your tail whipped. Somebody say amen right there. And uh, that's the way we raised our kids. Uh, but it amazing them grandkids come over. Uh, they can just put their hands on everything. Uh, uh, they can just spill something. And mom and dad will say, oh, listen, you 
know better now. And we'll just say, oh, now that's going to be okay. It's just a little bit of carpet, you know. Uh, it doesn't matter. And, uh, you know, they'll touch the window. I never would let my kids touch the glass growing up, you know. I was like, don't touch that. And, boy, I mean, that kid will go over there and he'll just slobber all over the glass. Uh, and I'll just say, now that's okay. You want to slobber on this one here, you know. Uh, what is that? Uh, I'm telling you, just love those grandkids, amen. Uh, but when they leave, uh, uh, there's a sadness when they have to leave uh, uh, because you don't want them to. Uh, uh, but can I tell you something, friend? Uh, one day we're headed to a place uh, where we're going to be in the presence of one. Uh, uh, that's omnipresent. Uh, and there'll be no separation. Uh, there'll be no goodbyes. Thank God we'll see each other on the other side throughout eternity. Hallelujah. Jesus is the omnipresent one. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. You know, that verse was David Livingston's favorite verse, the great missionary. And David Livingston, whenever his faith was tried and tested the most, he would write that in his journal over and over again where Jesus said, or the Bible says, I will not leave thee nor forsake thee. And Livingston would write beside that verse, that he will keep his promise. I want to tell you tonight, I'm glad we serve a God. He goes with us and he goes before us. I'm telling you in the wee hours of the night, when your heart is heavy, he don't forsake you. Boy, when you're in question and you've misunderstood or misunderstand and you don't know what to do, he's right there just a prayer away. When your heart is broken, when you're, when you're away from God, even if you're here and you've been a prodigal and you've got away from God in your life, you know this, that no matter how hard you run and no matter how far you go, He's always right there reminding you where you ought to be and where you ought to go back to. I'm telling you, friend, if you was to get on a plane and fly to the other side of the world, He'd be standing at the end of the runway to welcome you when you got off. Amen? I'm telling you, that's a God we serve. Hey, young people, if God calls you to the dark jungles of Africa, He'll be there with you when you go to preach the gospel. It doesn't make no difference who you are or where you're at. The Bible said he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I'm telling you he's the almighty because when others have walked away, when others have went a different course, when others have changed their mind, when there's nowhere else to be found, he'll be the one that'll be standing there. In fact, he'll be standing there when it comes down to the end of the way. He'll help you make the crossing because he is the omnipresent one. He's the omniscient one. He's the omnipresent one. And then I see here that he is the omnipotent one. As the Bible says, he's that which is, which was, which is to come. He's the almighty tonight. Do you know, Jesus is the all-powerful one. And she sung that song a while ago. I wasn't there by the shores of Galilee. I wasn't there when Jesus touched the blinded eyes and made them see. But though I wasn't there, and though you wasn't there, thank God that I still believe, don't you? I believe that book, Brother Chris. I believe that Jesus will do all things and can do all things. Paul, as he prayed, he said, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And my wife told me yesterday, we was going down the road and we was talking about, was talking about prayer. 
And she said, you know, there's four things I'm asking God to do that's impossible. But she said, I can't wait to see the Lord do those four things. You know, this is how faith works in our life. I was afraid to even ask her what they were for fear that I wouldn't believe them. Now, y'all don't look so spiritual. That's not a halo coming up. Amen, them horns are coming together. But when she said that, I said, oh, I'm not even going to ask her because I know how this flesh is. Whatever she's believing God for, I believe God with her. Amen. I'm telling you something. Have we seen God answer prayer? We have, haven't we? We've seen God do some things. I sat down there in the basement one night or one day at the parsonage. And I remember the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. He said, what will you believe me for? And in about a week's time, I wrote ten things down that I wanted to believe God to do. And then the Lord said to me, how long... What time frame would you like to see me do those things? And I wrote down beside each one of them a time frame. I keep that little piece of paper because God answered all ten of those things. And I want to tell you something about the Lord. He did them faster and greater than the time frame that I wrote them. I'm not saying He always does that. But don't let doubt creep in your heart right now. If he did that for me, he'll do that for you and for you. You have to believe him for some things. Are you believing things for your home, your children, your grandchildren? You ought to believe God for some things. So how do you believe him? You start asking him for things that you need him to do that only he can do in their life. Amen. Well, grandkids, I'm praying for their salvation. I'm praying for their safety, praying for their, uh, their spouse, that they'll marry in the will of God. They ain't even out of diapers yet, but I'm praying they marry the right one. I'm not waiting until they turn 17, 18. It's too late. I'm praying that the Lord will keep them from sin and Satan. Amen. Believe in God for those things. Amen. We're weak, aren't we? God's great, isn't he? When you recognize that, God will do things for you. You get on your knees and say, oh, Lord, I can't, but you're the almighty. He's an almighty God, isn't he? He's an almighty God. He's the almighty. Tonight, maybe we ought to get around this altar. I don't want you to come because I'm giving an invitation. I only want you to come if the Holy Spirit deals with you. But if there's something tonight big, that you need to believe God for. Why don't you get in this altar? He's the Almighty. I'd like to see us build a church debt free. There ain't no way. There's no way that's possible through us. And we may not do it. I don't know. But I'm going to ask Him anyway. Because He can do it, can He? You believe God can do that? If He's sending $49,000 on one Sunday out of this crowd... He can do anything, can he? What about it tonight as we stand? What do you want to believe him for? Amen. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a grandchild. I don't know what it is tonight. I'll tell you. 
God's more eager to answer than we are to ask. That's just the truth. He's more ready to act if we'll just trust Him. So what if it don't happen? What have you got to lose? You will get an answer. He always answers. While we sing tonight, you obey the Lord.